This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. We're talking about our journey on life path, the seasonal changes of our life spiritually. It takes me all the way back to last March when we started this pandemic precaution thing, getting uh, readjusted in life, so to speak, a new planet, a new way of life. And uh, some of us wear these masks and we sit six feet apart and we have our temperatures taken. Whoever would have thought that that kind of thing would have happened at church of all places. But it is, and it does. And I look back many months ago when this thing started and many of you like me, we still don't like it. And, and if you're like me, we still haven't adjusted to it. Now, we want things back to normal. But I could use that as a major point of illustration today, but I will tell you that there are so many things that comes into our lives so unexpectedly. Last Sunday, we started this particular sermon, and it's entitled, The Season of Waiting on God. And today's message is part two of that sermon the season of waiting on God. And my text this morning is going to be what we gave to you last Sunday in the way of a text verse, and it's found in Psalms chapter 27 and verse number 14. And by way of introduction, I want to very briefly reiterate some of the truths that we talked about last Sunday, and then we will move on in the remainder of today's message the season of waiting on God. So if you have this place in Psalms chapter 27, I want to call your attention to verse number 14, and they will do their very best to get these scriptures on the screen for you in an expedient fashion, and uh, we hope that the word will bless you today. But I want you to look. This is a Psalm of David, and this verse, though small in words, it's monumental with impact, how it affects us as believers. The word says this in verse 14, wait on the Lord. And last Sunday, I gave you some classic scriptures of waiting on God. They that wait upon the Lord, Isaiah said, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall walk and not be weary. They shall run and not faint. I want you to think about this. There's much in the Bible about waiting on God. We're going to talk about this today. Wait on the Lord. And then we spend a little time talking about the next part of that, which we'll get into in just a moment, and be of good courage. Because there are many times in your life that if you're going to wait on God, it's going to take courage. Because... Waiting on God may mean that you have to do some things you don't like to do or you don't want to do or it's not easy to do. And then you'll need courage. Notice this. And he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Let me say this. When it comes to this thing of waiting on God, you have to be crystal clear 
that you know his voice. You have to be absolutely sure that you know the voice of God. Because many times when the word says, be still and know that I am God, many times through the precious Holy Spirit, that's exactly the message coming to us. We live in a world where we've got to have things where we've been trained over the last 20, 25 years of our life. We have been trained to have everything we want by push button, remote control. We push a button for the microwave. We push a button for the television remote control. And we, it, things just go on in our life like that. We have the iPad. We have the computers. And things by Internet we can just pull up at just a few clicks of the fingers. We, we have to have things. That's our mentality today. We have to have things right now. And a lot of times when those things do not come our way immediately, we get very impatient. Very impatient. And we don't respond well to change, and we don't respond well to have to wait. I mean, have you ever gone through the drive through There's four cars ahead of you, and it seems like that the person leading those four cars are ordering groceries. <laughs> and you're wondering, what is this dude doing? I mean... I'm here for a cheeseburger and some fries, and this guy's been here for 15. What is he doing? And, and then we start getting a little agitated. And have you ever gone in the supermarket when you've already stood in line, and when it gets your turn, they run out of the tape? <laughs> then they got to go through all of that. I mean, we, we don't like that. We don't like to wait. We, we want to go. And listen, guys, listen, you know the deal. You know the drill. You've been through the exercise. You, you don't like to go to the store anyway. None of us do. And I can tell you this much. When you get something, we sure not going to take it back. <laughs> whether it fits or whether it doesn't fit, we're not going. We don't want to go the first time and we sure not going the second time, especially to take it back. We don't like to wait. But here's the thing. When you're waiting on God, you have to be still sometimes. You just cannot just be moving arbitrarily uh, like, like you're just running a marathon through life. Sometimes you've got to be still and wait on God. And if you're going to wait, you find yourself in one of those situations. Here's the thing. You've got to make sure you know the voice of God. You have to. I want to read this scripture for you here. Look with me in John chapter 10, verse number 34. We're going to go through several passages of scripture today, but it's necessary for you to get the idea. In John chapter 10, verse number three, the Bible says, to him the porter openeth and the sheep hear his voice. Notice that, the sheep, the sheep hear his voice and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. And when he put it forth his own sheep, his own sheep. Now look at this. He goeth before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Look at this. In God's word, we are compared to in the family of God as sheep. And he is the shepherd. We are the sheep of his pasture. Let me say this. To know God's voice, you have to be one of his sheep. 
You have to be. In John 10, 27, the word says this, and I want you to underline the first two words of that scripture. The word says, my sheep. Talking about the sheep of his pasture. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So I gave you last Sunday some things to consider. How do we know God's voice? How is it that God speaks to us today? God doesn't appear to us through burning bushes. But how does God speak to us today? How do we know his voice? There are several easy things. We, we hear God's voice by reading the scriptures. I've said this many times that when we pray, we talk to God. But when we open the word of God, He we allow him to speak to us. So God speaks to us through the scriptures. He speaks to us by the wooing of the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us by the answer or the avenue of prayer. And if we're a child of God, and if we're diligently seeking him, the word of God says this, that we have the promise and the assurance in the word that he will reveal himself to us. In Psalms 9:10, the Bible says, And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. And in Jeremiah 29, 13, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all of your heart. And in Luke 11, verse 9, And I say unto you, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. So look at that very carefully. When you're waiting on God, here's the thing that I want you to understand. You have to make sure that it is God that you're listening to and that God is speaking to you. Now, let me ask you this question. Did it make any sense to Naaman the leper when Elisha told the servant, go to the door and tell Naaman, to dip in the Jordan seven times. Now, to Naaman, who was the host and the captain of the Lord, did it make any sense to Naaman to do that? But here's the point. I guarantee you that Elisha did not make it up. What had to happen was this. God spoke to the prophet, and Elisha had to know the voice of God. Because Elisha was not just sitting around his candlestick making things up on a whim. You see, God spoke to the heart of Elisha. Elisha knew the voice of God. When God spoke this to Elisha, Elisha knew his voice. And he knew this was of God. In fact, he was so confident in the voice of God that he did not even go to the door of Naaman himself. Naaman knocked on the door. And Elisha sent a servant. He was so confident that he knew the voice of God that he sent his servant to greet Naaman at the door. Let me ask you this. Did it make any sense for Gideon to trim his 32,000 number in army down to 22? Did it make any sense to Gideon to trim them down to 10? God said this, 
Gideon, I want you now, as you get ready to do the battle with the Midianites, here's what I want you to do. You, you got too many. You got 32,000, that's too many. You're going to get in my way. Gideon, here's the other thing. Yeah, I want you to send 10,000 of them back. And then I want you to look around. He said, listen now, you got 22,000. This is not going to work. He trimmed them down to 10,000. He said, Gideon, you're still out away here. You're still out of step. Listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, I want you to take those old boys down to the riverbank. And here's what I want you to do. Now, you have to remember, Gideon is listening to God. And God says this to Gideon. He said, now, here's what I want you to do. Those boys that get down, I know there's time to drink. It's time for them to take a break. Take them down to the riverbank. And I want you to watch this situation carefully. Listen, God is speaking to Gideon. And God says, Gideon, those, those soldiers that you have that, that get down on their knees and they begin to just lap that water up like a dog. He says, I want you to send them home. They're not fit for the battle. You have to remember now, the Midianites are everywhere. They're crawling out of the woodwork like ants. And Gideon is saying, man, I had 32,000 to start out with. Now I'm down to 22. Now I'm down to 10. God, you want me to trim this number down? And God says, here's what I want you to do. Those soldiers that hold the spear in one hand and cup the water out of the other hand, and they're vigilant. They're looking. God said, those are the boys I want you to keep. And when the dust settled on that observation, there were only 300 and let me ask you this. If Gideon thought he was having a nightmare, if he thought he was having a bad day, indigestion, he thought he was, he thought he was hallucinating. Do you think he would have sent the first one home? But here's the thing. He knew, he knew the voice of God. And Gideon was listening to the voice of God. He was hearkening to the voice of God. And this is what he said. Okay, God, if that's what you want me to do, you want me to trim this 32,000 army down to only 300 and look at all of this crowd. Gideon said, I'll do it. What do you think David thought when God said, take all of that armor off. Saul's just made you look like an idiot. Take that, all of that armor off. You don't need that. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go down to the brook. And I want you to pick five smooth stones. And leave the rest up to me. We all know the story. Let me ask you something. Do you think that when David put that one little stone in his sling and slung it around, do you think that it hit Goliath in the forehead because he was a marksman stone thrower. You see, God said, you just pick the stones and you leave the rest up to me. That stone left David's sling like a lightning rod, like a bullet that was guided by the hand of God. 
Now listen, what are you saying, preacher? Do you think when Samson got himself in a situation where he was being chased by 800 Philistines and God said, hold on, hold on, man. Now I want you to pick that jawbone up there and listen, we're going we're gonna to whip these boys good. Do you think if Samson did not know the voice of God that he would have paused for 10 fleeting seconds? What I'm saying is this. All of these men that I have just mentioned to you, without question, they had to know God's voice. Every single one of them that got into these predicaments, they had to know the voice of God. They had to know what God was saying. They had to know when God was saying it. They had to listen intently for what God was doing. They had to just say, God, I surrender all. I'm, I'm trusting you in all of these circumstances. God, I want you to have your perfect way. They were just totally surrendered to his voice. So let me say this. While you're waiting on God, you have to be absolutely sure that it is God's voice talking to you. So listen, you've got to listen carefully to God. There may be an extended period of time that God's not moving just as quick as you would like for him to do. But you're in this season of waiting on God. Say, for example, that you're facing a dilemma, you're facing a circumstance, some type of decision, and you've been putting it before the Lord, spreading it out before the Lord on a daily basis. And you're saying, God, speak to me. God, show me. And for whatever reason, God is not sending down a, a barrage of angels and you're not hearing Hark the Herald Angels sing. You're not hearing all of these spiritual things and you're not seeing all of these spiritual signs. It, what you find yourself is in a place of dead silence. You don't know what God's doing. You don't know what God's saying. You don't know when God is moving. Listen carefully. You have to open your heart and you have to say, God, how However long it takes, I want you to show me. I want you to speak to me. The psalmist is saying in Psalms 27, he said, listen, while you're waiting, I want you, he said, be reminded to take courage. Now, listen, why did the Holy Spirit move upon David's heart to take courage? Why do we need courage to hear from God? In Psalms 27, the word says, take courage. Why do we? Because listen, when you became a believer, as I said last Sunday, it's the Holy Spirit that comes inside of you. He becomes instantly uh, the person that indwells you. And he came with a purpose. He came with direction. He came with the truth. He came with instruction. He came with caution. He comes to convict us. And so when God speaks, listen, sometimes it's not going to make a lick of sense to you. But again, these individuals that I just mentioned a few moments ago in all of the episodes of their life, when God clearly spoke to them to do these specific things, none, none of it made any sense. But they knew the voice of God. So sometimes it's going to take courage because when you pray for something very specifically, God may not only take longer than you think that it should take, but God also may say in your request of him, he may say no. 
But I want to assure you this morning that the answer, no, from God, if it's from God, my sheep know my voice. You have to listen to him. You have to make sure it is God speaking to you. That's why the word says, try the spirits and see if they be of God. You have to know his voice. You have to know that it is God speaking to you. So in the season of waiting on God, I want to talk about this for a moment because when we're in this season, listen carefully, and God is taking his precious time with us, how should we respond to this? When God begins to take his time, first of all, again, you have to make sure that you know his voice. You have to know when God says wait, but listen, and this is something that I want to really spend a few moments upon. And that is this, you have to make sure you've got to get this out of the way that you're not simply procrastinating. Waiting on God and procrastinating are two different things altogether. So you have to know his voice. When God says, be still and know that I am God, you've got to wait, but you have to make sure that it is God saying, wait. Because when you get to a place, if you're just procrastinating, listen, you're, you're going to be putting off some valuable time and valuable opportunities. You, you need to make sure that in this delay, because you could, you, you have to understand this, that God could have already spoken to you very clearly. And, And this happens a lot of time in the Lord's work. God comes to an individual and he speaks to their heart. And he says this, I want you to teach a Sunday school class or I want you to be involved in the music ministry, the choir, the praise and worship, whatever it is. I want you to get involved in the ministry. And for whatever reason, you're saying, you're not talking to me, God. You cannot be talking to me. You must be talking about Moses Brown, not Moses Moses. You're not talking to me. And what we do when God makes it clear to us and we say, I don't want to do that, God. Sometimes we're not honest about it and we say, well, I'm just waiting on God. You ain't calling me to do that. No, sir. And God has already made it clean. He's, He's already made it clear to us. Listen carefully. Because of procrastination, or interpreted as fear. We don't do what God asks us to do, and and therefore we're not walking in his will. Listen, don't blame God on why are you taking so long, God, if in fact God has made his will or his voice clear and we're just procrastinating. Because listen carefully, procrastination, you've heard it said many times before, is the workshop of the devil. If God has made it clear, do it. Whatever God has said, do it. You remember the wedding at Cana? And they ran out of the, the, the wine. You remember that? And, and Mary spoke to those who were in a panic mode. She said this, whatever he says, do it. Okay, because listen, if God has said something very clear, now you know his voice. I'm not talking about if you don't know his voice. If you are a believer, you know his voice. My sheep know my voice is what he said. So here's the thing. When you get into the situation and God has spoken to you very clearly about doing something, 
then what you have to do as a believer, as sheep of his pasture is this. Okay, God, if you have asked me to take this jawbone and defeat 800 Philistines, or if you have asked me to go down to the brook and take five smooth stones, or if you have asked me to trim my army down from 32,000 to 300, if you have asked me, Lord, to march around the city seven times, six without saying a word, and then on the seventh time, blow the trumpets. Lord, if you have asked me to do something like this, when logic doesn't line up with it and common sense doesn't line up with it, but you have asked me to do all these things and it doesn't make a lick of sense, God, I will do it. Here's the thing. If God has asked you to do something that doesn't make sense, listen. Whatever God asks you to do, he has personally assumed all of the responsibility of the consequence. The consequences do not belong to you. It's sort of like works like this. Has not God called us all to be fishers of men? He that when the souls is wise, hasn't he called us all to step out of the boat? Follow him and he will make us to become fishers of men. But listen, even though he has called us all to be fishers of men and he has called us all to preach the gospel, he's called us all to teach the gospel, he's called us all to communicate the gospel. Listen, he has not called any of us to save anybody. The results of the gospel is his. All he's asked me to do or you to do is to be faithful and sowing the seed of the word. So whatever God has asked us to do, he has assumed all of the responsibilities of it. So here's what you have to do. You have to make sure that in this period of waiting on God, that you're not procrastinating. Procrastinating is the workshop of the devil. And sometimes we procrastinate because of fear, and fear will make us freeze. Fear will make us stop. Fear will make us say, not today, God, another day. In fact, let me give you two scriptures out of the book of Acts real quick because this happened to two different people. In Acts chapter 24 and verse number 25, the word says, and as a reason of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix, notice this, trembled and answered, go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call thee. In Acts 26, verse 27 and 28, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Both of these individuals procrastinated, and there is no indication in the word of God that they ever gave their heart to Christ. And so listen carefully. You may not ever have another opportunity. If God has spoken clearly to you, you're his sheep, you know his voice, and he has spoken clearly to you about something, don't put it off because you may not have another opportunity to do it. You may not have another opportunity to make it right. Proverbs 27 verse 1 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And so if God has spoken, get busy. But if God has not spoken, you be still and wait on God. Wait for his direction because he's promised in his word that he will lead us. And so when God says wait, remember this. He knows all about the past. He knows all about the present. And he knows all about the future. 
So when he says, wait, listen, if you are surrendered to waiting on God and you're saying, I'm in this mess, God, I'm in a situation where I've got to make monumental decisions. I'm at a crossroad of my life. Listen, if you are surrendered and waiting on God, then what you're really saying is this, God, I'm ready to trust you. In this moment of waiting, I'm ready to trust you. Do you remember that old, 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 old song we used to sing a lot of times? And it went like this, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word. You remember that old song? Listen carefully. This is what trust means. Trust means this, Lord, I know you know what I don't know. And God, you see what I cannot see. And God, I could never do this without you. And God, I could never do this any better than you. And so God, I know your voice. I'm moving as you speak. God, you see this morning what's always best for me. And let me remind you of something. When God makes it clear, when God speaks, keep this in mind, no matter how hard your knees may knock and those things that only God can know and you don't know, remember this, God will never send you on a suicide mission. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. God will never ask anything of you that's not reasonable, something that he's not called you or equipped you to do. You have to remember this. And so remember now this morning, we have to be simply willing to trust him. And trusting him may mean this. Listen carefully, because you might be in the valley of decision right now. You might need to hear from God right now. But listen, trusting God may mean that we are not going to get what we want to get when we want to get it. Now you think through that. But remember, God is in control of every circumstance of our life. He's in control of our obedience. When we obey God, listen, the word says he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And here's the thing. If, if God is in control of my obedience, he is also in control of my disobedience. Because the word says this, when I obey him, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And when I disobey him, the word says, whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. So he's in control of my obedience and he's in control of my disobedience. Now, here's the spiritual truth that I want you to learn today. Say, for example, you're praying for something very intently. You're, you're wanting to hear from God. You're wanting God to open the veils of heaven. You're wanting God to make the path known. You're wanting God to give you an answer that has perfect peace attached to it. When you're praying for something and God doesn't immediately respond to it, learn this. God has either decided that we really don't need what we're asking for or he's decided that we couldn't handle it if he gave it to us. 
Or it may mean this. I hear what you're saying, but it's not the right time. I'm going to do this for you, not today. So there's a lot of things to take into consideration when you're going through that season of waiting on God. Now, if you really believe that God loves you, then discipline yourself not to get impatient with him. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength because God's timing is always perfect. You cannot go wrong with that. Listen, God's timing is not only good, God's timing is not only best, but God's timing is perfect. Don't ever say this. You're going through a situation and you've been praying morning, noon, at night for quite some time. Don't ever say this. I have prayed, I have prayed, I have prayed, I have prayed, and I do not have any more time to waste on God. Never say that. Because listen, let me assure you of something. You will never, ever be wasting any time waiting on God. God's timing is good, God's timing is best, and God's timing is perfect. Never try to do anything that's contrary to the will of God. Listen, God's not going to do anything, anything against us. He's always busy at work trying to work out things for our best advantage. He knows the ingredients that that consists of. He knows the timing. He knows the season to bring that to pass. Listen carefully. If you don't learn anything in the message today, please get this down. Write the spiritual truth down. Let it sink down into your heart. Go home with this today, and that is this. All of us have made too many mistakes in our life to learn that God has never made any. Can somebody say amen? All of us have made so many mistakes, too many mistakes in our life to learn by now that God has never made any. Though we have failed the Lord multiple times, he has never failed us. And here's another great spiritual truth. And I want you to ask yourself this question again. And if you begin to get impatient with God and you become fidgety, ask yourself this question. Okay, if I get ahead of God, and I'm no longer willing to wait, God's taking too much time, then ask yourself this question. If I do this, if I get ahead of God, then what will the consequences be? And see if that doesn't put us back into check. If you begin to reason with yourself and say, but this is just taking too long. I, I've invested too much time in waiting. Everything really looks good. Everything really looks good to, to turn up. And if, if I don't take advantage of this circumstance right now, it may never come my way again. But let me remind you that the tree in the Garden of Eden looked really good to Adam and Eve. So never get ahead of God. Never rush beyond him. Settle the matter of waiting on God and say, Lord, I, regardless of the, of the bad decisions that I've made in my life, I'm committed right now to put everything in the palm of your hand. And Lord, I'm willing to wait as long as you take. I want our musicians to come forward and I want you to get this in the message today.
none of us will ever be able to work out disobedience to God. We'll never be able to be the conqueror of that. That will never work in our favor. So as we bring this message, the season of waiting on God, what have we learned? Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. They not only hear me, they follow me. Give God the time that he needs to assure us that either what we're asking for we don't need or we couldn't handle it or it's just not the right time. Help us to rest in the comfort of the scriptures from the prophet that said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You see, we talked a little bit about courage in waiting. And the psalmist says, wait upon the Lord and take courage. Here's the thing. The courage comes in to be able to respond to ourselves when God says no, when God says wait, when God says not right now, we need courage to turn and speak to ourselves and say to ourselves, listen to this. Because what God is saying may not be what I want to hear, but self, listen now. We have to be still and wait on God. And courage comes into play by when God says no, we have to say self, listen, God is say knowing. Knowingly what is going to happen tomorrow, what's knowingly going to happen around the next corner. God's knowingly, because he's omniscient, saying to us in these circumstances, no. No. And so we've got to have courage to stand up to ourselves and say, Self, God is saying no. And He's saying no for a reason. I might not agree with it. I may not understand it. But, Self, we have decided a long time ago that we're going to trust God. And I promise you, friend, that if you go with God, He'll go with you. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, Visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.